Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, welcome to another episode of the A to Z of the 90s with me, Andy Bush, and Louise Maloney. This one is being recorded uh, on video chat because uh, it's a weird week. There's weird stuff going on at the moment. Uh, I can see into Louise's um, little cubbyhole room. And in the corner is a, a very impressive collection of Bags for Life, Louise. Yeah, I know. I, I'm quite good with my Bags for Life, I have to How say. How many you got there? They're all, something... all different type of brands and stuff. <clears throat> Four. No, that's really nice. It's more than I've got. Yeah. So I just feel like I'm way more likely to bring a bag for life if it looks good. That's a good point. Do you ever get to the the, the bit where you're paying in the shops and uh, realise you haven't brought your bag for life and just kick yourself? Oh, Literally kick yourself. I do, yourself. of course. I do. And I insist on carrying it all in my arms. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I will not buy a plastic bag. I will carry all this home. You're not paying for that. Uh, how's your week been? Before we get stuck into this, how's your week been, Lomo? Do you know what, Bush? It's actually been quite quiet, which is unlike me. We always have something to bring to the table. It's been quite quiet and I welcome it in. There's been a change in the weather and it's a little bit cooler now. And I have to say, I'm bloody delighted. So I treated myself to some winter gifts. Do you ever get yourself some winter gifts? I would be more specific about what you mean by winter. What is a winter gift? So I treated myself to some winter gifts. And the first thing was a weighted blanket. (laughs) So is this another thing to help you sleep in the evenings? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, totally. I would say of anyone I know, I've known in my entire life, you have the most um, stuff that you use to help you sleep, whether it's weights or, or things on the pillow or like yeah. a little routine, eye mask, eye mask that kind of stuff. Earplugs, certain scents, certain temperatures. I have a fan blowing directly on me. Yeah. Um, now a weighted blanket. I got a, now a weighted blanket. Do you know how many hours I slept last night, Bush? I don't want to make you sick. Go on. Eleven and a half. That, I mean, that's not normal. That's that's uh, <laughs> like someone who is in some way anaesthetized. So, what? Give me, give me the the, the average. Then you you went to sleep at what time last night? So I went to sleep at like um, oh God, it might be even more than that. I went to sleep about eleven, half eleven, right? And I woke up at about well, firstly I woke up at nine a.m. and I was like, it's too early. So I went back to sleep oh until word. like quarter to eleven. Mm. You see, at the moment, obviously, with, with like 
lots of little kids going on here. Um, mm. You can't. I, I, I try and play board games. You know, I'm a, I'm a board game geek, mm. and I'll only able to be playing them in the evening or watch a match of the day or something. So as soon as the kids go to bed, I try and cram in as much stuff as possible. So I go to bed mm. way too late. I normally go to bed at least midnight, maybe one o'clock. Absolutely, and then and then uh, Thea, our middle one, wakes up at um, normally half six. So, so you're getting five five hours sleep, probably five or six hours sleep a night. If, if you're listening to this and you get less sleep than five or six hours, or maybe you get more than Louise there with a how many do you have? Eleven, about eleven and a half, yeah. Which is again anaesthetized, uh, medicated. It's like Michael Jackson. You don't have stuff to make you go to sleep and stuff to make wake you up again. You don't know Doctor Conrad, whatever his name is, do you? Uh, you can get in touch with us. Uh, just in fact, don't go via the Instagram because it's weird. Just drop me a tweet at Bush on the radio. Well, I have to say with one caveat, I'm we're, okay. I'm in my okay. I'm going to say we're in my late thirties now. Okay? okay, and I I went out. You see, Bush on oh. Saturday night. And I don't really go out anymore, as we know. I don't really go out and do anything. I went to a friend's party at 3pm in the day thinking, one glass of wine in the garden, this will be lovely and I'll be home for dinner. I got into the door, like, I got in the door at quarter to four in the morning. Oh, my word. That, I mean, you know, doing yeah. the maths of you sleeping, also doing the maths of you drinking, that's quite a few hours anyway, isn't it? I know. So I think maybe that's why I did the 11 and a half last night. I just needed to catch up on some proper sleep. I can't. I was very, very hungover yesterday. I can't remember the last time I went out. I literally can't remember the last time I went out. I mean, I don't miss hangovers. Hangovers are the worst thing on this planet. I, I, hangovers are like panic attacks. You remember, the, I, you know, the ones back in the day where you'd you'd be so hungover that you'd pluck up the courage to go to the corner shop and get in there and then have mm. a panic attack by where the pot noodles are and have to crawl out on all fours. Oh, it's the Absolutely. Pits. So I got some takeaway yesterday. I got something on Deliveroo and I ate it in bed practically in the dark I had to keep like shining the torch on the bowl the wow. plastic bowl to see what was in it yeah so that's a little that's a little window into my life this weekend I don't I'll say again your lifestyle is very similar to Michael Jackson's from what I saw on <laughs> you don't drink um, uh, red wine and call it Jesus juice do you <laughs> uh, right let's let's get on with this let's get on with this uh, it's time for folks in the 80s out of the 1990s a letter that we've been dreading slightly because there ain't that much stuff about it it's O Lomo, kick us off then. A to Z of the 1990s, beginning with O, what are you talking about? I knew you were going to do this because, like, I always said O was going to be a difficult one, right? E and O. We got away with E actually quite well. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to start with something that, because I'm on day two of a hangover, might make me retch a little bit, but I'm going to go for it anyway. <laughs> so when I was in school, we used to have these um, overhead projectors. Yes. Okay. And they were brought in, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure there's only very few of you who don't know, they were wheeled in. There was probably one at the back of the uh, back of each classroom. They were wheeled up to the front uh-huh. and you would put a, a piece of clear plastic on the glass, like not plastic, but like see-through paper. What was it called? Like cellophane type plastic. Cellophane type plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wet paper. Like it was weird. And you'd write on that and then that would be beamed up to a mirror above it and the mirror then would project that image onto the whiteboard or blackboard. Quite fast, wasn't it? It's quite a lot of processes of refraction and reflection just for that one thing. It's a, it's a lesson in itself, an overhead projector bush. Um, however, that's not the reason I'm bringing them up. I always didn't bring them up because they're O and they were they are what they are. Right. I had a teacher, I even remember her name and it was so many years ago. I had a teacher who used to just spit on the page to wipe it off. You know the way you could wipe it all off with water. So she'd just go onto the onto the plastic thing, get a used tissue out of her pocket 
and wipe it off to start the next See, that's, you know, that's stage how, of the lesson. All the way through my childhood, that's how my mum used to wipe me and my brother's faces, though, to be fair. No, really? Tissue from a round bag that used to absolutely ring, like reek of perfume, like yeah, Lulu wrinkled all or something, and then gob on it, do your cheeks. That was it. Because you know I have this sort of like, I think we've talked about it not on this podcast, but I have sort of like a phobia of saliva. You know that, right? I wasn't aware of that, no, but I, I, I can get with that. I can get with that. Um, I mean, you must have a nightmare then if you were in a, you're talking about the party earlier on. If you're at a party sometimes when you're in close proximity with someone mm-hmm. and they spit whilst they're talking to you and you can feel it land on your face and you, you try not totally. to do a well, flinch and you've got to wait for a good moment and just breeze it off your, off your cheek. You know I, as I mean? if you have a scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Well, like it is difficult. It does make my life a lot more difficult. It, it was fine the other night because it was largely outside the party, so I was able to keep my distance. Good. But I can't share bottles or glasses or, oh. you know, cups or anything like okay, that. It, and this is interesting because my other half, Katie's like that and she won't share, really? she won't drink from something that I've drunk from. Bearing in mind, yeah, I'm her same. partner. And I have to no, say a phrase that my mum and dad used to say to us when we were kids, which is, I don't have foot and mouth disease. So your other half, is he is he offended then when you won't share from a bottle from him? Well, we, we I had a milkshake last week and he was like, can I have some? And I was like, well, no. And he was like, but why? And I was like, because there's only one straw and like, I need the straw. And he's like, Louise, come on, like, we're in a relationship. Yeah. And I just, I can't do it. Now, I would say something, Outrage. Bush. Yeah, go on. I, I, I let him have some and then it ruined it for me. So I just gave it to him. So you, could, you literally couldn't think straight after couldn't that? Couldn't enjoy it then. I could enjoy it. I see you're exactly the same as Katie. I, I couldn't believe it. It's been yeah. a few moments like, where it's like, well, you've had a bit now, so I don't want any. It's like, what? I think the word backwash came into it. Backwash. Do you know what the worst piece of cutlery is to share? Go on. A fork. Like, think about how you scrape your fork with your tongue, teeth and lips, right? And you leave a film, I'm going to call it a film of saliva, (laughs) and then then someone else might say, can I have a chip or can I have some? Take that fork and use it. There is nothing more disgusting than that in the whole world. I think you might have uh, some psychological problems that you need counselling with. Yeah, you think? Hey, I tell you the one. Obviously, but I have got. Um, I want to get like a, a signet ring with some cyanide in it, so that I can take it. If there's a, if if this ever happens to me in old age, right? When you hit the moment where you start to get wet bits of froth, froth. I can't say it. If you've listened oh, to you our quoting podcast, froth. you know that I can't say yeah. froth. Um, but you know, when old people get little wet, sticky bits on the corner of their lips. I think that's time to call it a day, do you know what I mean? But um, speaking of OHPs, we've had a lot of people, that's the shorthand phrase in a school for the overhead projector. Kids these days probably don't even know what we're talking about because they have whiteboards and it's all electronic and they just kind of cast it from their eye hats to their whiteboards back to their eye jotters and then away you go. But back in the day, it was a big thing. Uh, Bobby says on Twitter, getting asked to set up the OHP was the, Mm. uh, the highest privilege. Do you know what I mean? What a privilege, yeah. Well, anything to waste any time during class time and to get up and do a walk around, it was just the best, My, my favourite bit about it, one final thing on the OHP, was just the beautiful um, luxury like pens they used to use on them. You know, the pens that had loads of ink, loads of different bright mm-hmm. colours when you're doing maths, writing down Pythagoras' it- theorem and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Was it just like a Sharpie or do you think it was something more specific? It was the predecessor, the precursor of the Sharpie. But of course, if you were doing like um, hymns, doing singing hymns and stuff, we, you would have... You either had different square bits of, of it put on top as you went through the different verses of a, of a, of a hymn, or if you had a particularly fancy school, they had like a little rotisserie uh, angle, gr- you know, like grinder thing that people used to turn around. It would move the, move the translucent paper over the overhead projector. Do you remember that? Very interesting way of explaining that, but you got there in the end. I think I've definitely got the words. <laughs> 
Uh, or in like in my school, you'd have a teacher who would just gob all over it and then wipe it off with a horrible tissue. If in doubt, gob over it, wipe it out. In the A to Z of the 1990s, O is for OHP. A lot of people have got in touch with this this week. Um, I don't know what your memories are going to be about this, because obviously there is a one or two year age gap between uh, us, Louise. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a bit more than that, actually. Uh, and that's the OJ Simpson trial. What are your memories of the OJ Simpson trial during the 1990s? If the, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. If the that's gloves don't fit, you must acquit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was iconic. I mean, it was on telly. It was, I think it was the first proper trial that was on 24-7. My mum used to stay up every single night with a glass of whiskey watching it. And these people who were just like defence counsel or, or like a, you know, a forensic specialist suddenly became household names like Barry Check, yeah. uh, Judge Ito yeah. and all that kind of stuff as well. And it was high farce, the whole thing, wasn't it? But the, the thing that most people have got in touch with us about this week for O and OJ Simpson was the, and I don't know why he did this, the really slow speed car chase that he did. Do you remember that? He did, of course, and we did bring that up in C for car chases, yeah. and we talked about it. Um, and you explained to me that it was, in fact, very slow. I didn't really understand that. I was like, what was it? But yes, of course, when I think about it now, it was really slow. And I think they were being particularly careful with him because he was a famous person. And if it had been anyone else, they would have just run them off the road. It's weird, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I just watched it again earlier on because people were suggesting it for this episode. And it's just like... Uh, what are they doing? There's like 45 police cars chasing one guy yeah. who's going 15 miles an hour and kind of quite a, a grubby old sports utility vehicle. So a very odd moment of the 1990s for sure. Bush, do you think that that was sort of, I'm not going to ask if that was the first televised trial because I don't, couldn't have been. And maybe you don't have that answer. But that was that the first one that really brought court proceedings into our front room, was it? I think so. I think that was the first one, particularly over here in the UK, that you could watch on CNN or whatever it was or Sky News. I think uh, it was Sky night. News, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was. But, but I mean, I've been, I've been going down, uh, I've talked about this before on this podcast, but I'm in quite a weird um, run of listening to true crime stuff at the moment. Yeah, I need to stop. Absolutely I need to stop. Obsessed. I've gone down a Ted Bundy rabbit hole. So I listened to like a book mm-hmm. about Ted Bundy and they've been watching a lot of the, um, a lot of his trial back in the day in the early 80s was, was televised, but obviously in America. And it's weird because these people just play up to the cameras. I, I'm glad that we don't have um, cameras in courts in the United Kingdom because I, I don't see what good can come from it. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think he was particularly bad, though, because from an objective point of view, he was very handsome yep. and he came across as very charming. And apparently with that trial, loads of women were turning up were. just to have a look at him. Yeah, groupies and down they the were kind of like totally and like we're really into him and I'm sure you know wrote to him afterwards and stuff like that but he, yeah I think he was a he was sort of an anomaly because he was very good looking and very charming and am I right in saying he defended himself I, I think after that trial because he was defending himself which like if you're someone who managed to get away from him and then you're having him then you know prancing around cross-examining you it must just been awful so I think after that yeah. they stopped people from being able to defend themselves I, I don't know whether just in that state in California or across the whole of America. But I mean, I, well, one thing that still irks me, my brother has been called up for jury duty twice now and I've never been never been called up. I'd love to, wouldn't you love to do jury duty? I'd love that. Apparently it's because of your catchment area. I have someone in work who, who's been called up three times in 10 years because he lives near a court yeah. and they hit people up really near a court. I would love to do some jury duty. I'd absolutely. So I mean, I, you know, I know we have a varied range of different uh, subscribers to the A to Z of the 90s, which is an amazing thing. But, and if you're a judge or whatever, you know, and you need people for, maybe you've sent some people out because they're biased, hit me a yeah, no up. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Going back to the O.J. Simpson trial as well, Bush, that was the first time we were introduced to the Kardashian name. Yes, because he was, was he part of the defence or part of the prosecution? He, I think he was like o, one of O.J.'s lawyers. Yeah, yeah, I think he might be right. He might be right. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's kind of crazy as well, isn't it? So I know. But also, I think is it Barry Sheck, Barry Check or whatever, he he now works for the, the Freedom Project or something like that. If you ever watch any uh, Netflix documentaries about um, miscarriages of justice... It's normally Barry Check in the background as one of the guys mm. helping get them mm. get them off and stuff like that as well. So he's gone on to do amazing things as well. But yeah, iconic from the 1990s, beginning with O, O.J. Simpson. Okay, one of, one of the things I'm going to go for, Bush, is um, <clears throat> something that I thought, oh, I suppose we've got loads of these things in our lives, but one of those things that I thought looked amazing back in the day and then realised a few years later, oh God, that wasn't, that didn't look very good at all. Okay. Is this anything to do with um, the movie Leon? <laughs> Haunted me. No, it's not haunted me since the last episode. I bet it has. There's been loads of stuff on social media about that. And do you know what, Bush? Don't think you were the only one. All right, okay. Don't few. think you were the okay, only few, one. Okay, few. Um, no, the thing what I was going to bring up for O is I used to go skiing. Um, I had an aunt who lived abroad when I was um, young and growing up in the 90s. And she would always bring me skiing each year, which was very kind of her. Wow, mm. that's pretty good, isn't it? Always in March, she would bring me. She doesn't have um, kids of her own, so she would bring me and my cousins away skiing each year. And I went maybe for five or six years, and I always had the same pair of Oakley sunglasses. Oh, okay? Oakleys. Oakley sunglasses. And I just need to kind of describe them to you. First of all, they were quite, they weren't big lenses. They were quite slim lenses. Right. So they weren't like, you know, big sunglasses are huge now. These were slim lenses, and I'm not joking you, Bush, they were like sky blue frames. And Stylish. obviously, totally. And obviously, they, they wrap around, you know, style of them. And because I didn't know, I don't know, I guess the first few years I was young and I I don't know, I feel like our parents weren't aware of like sun damage as, as we are in 2022. Um, I would go out skiing with no sunscreen on my face and I would come back and I would go to school. I would just have these panda eyes from the Oakley sunglasses. And I found them recently and I was really careful with them. They had this like sort of like silky satiny cover that I would only rubbed them with the silver satiny cover, right? Good. I really looked after them. Good care. And I found them recently. Oh my God, they're gross, Bush. What, what's so gross about them? I mean, they do they're sound a bit gross, gross. but like specifically, what is it? Okay, first of all, bright blue sunglasses. I know I was only 14, 15 or 13 at the time, but still very lame, yeah, not bad. dark at all. Yeah, yeah. And then the slim, I don't know, like I just associate like American dads in shorts and short sleeve t-shirts with Oakleys now. It's got, I, it's got vibes just, of uh, like... Game, big game hunter in the United States about them, yeah. that kind of vibe, or poker, poker player kind of vibes. Yeah, would you say, yeah, yeah, I would, and I can't believe little old me was wearing them back in the day. Like, what the hell? Why did no one say that to me? You know, weirdly, uh, if ever I see, here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Anyone wearing big sunglasses? I mean, they're back in again now, but back in the day when they weren't in again, which is probably the 90s, we used to call them yeah. Sunny Mans. Do you remember Sunny Man, right. the wife of Jackie yeah. Man, the hostage? <laughs> She used to have massive no. sunglasses. Is anyone, if you're listening to this, you remember Sunny Man? Because they'd obviously interview her quite a bit for um, the, 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 the news and that, because he was, he was a hostage taken for donkey's years in the Middle East or oh. whatever. But his wife had the biggest sunglasses that I've, had this, I've, had this, I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, I haven't seen them. I'm going to check them out. So yeah, I was probably quite fashionable then for the for the times. But looking back now, I'm just like, ew, these were just so gross. What was? Uh, why were you letting me wear these? Uh, check you out, by the way, going skiing. I've never been anywhere near skiing in my entire life. And I can't see me ever going anywhere near skiing in my entire life. Have you, have you skied since? No, I haven't. But I, at least I know that if I've ever offered to go on a, on a ski holiday, I can do it. Yeah. Um, so that's quite nice. But no, I, well, I hate, the, see, there's two things I hate about, you know, holidays. One, if I'm cold, I've no interest in going on a cold holiday. Fair enough. I sound like a Philistine. I do sound like a Philistine and I'm sorry. Don't like cold holidays. And I don't like holidays where I essentially have to exercise. I know, but doesn't that make you feel like you've done something and you've earned the beer in the evening, though, that you've kind of like gone up and well, down the hill? Well, it wasn't I drink back in the day, but like, no, but I mean, I'm just, I don't know, I'd way rather like a beautiful beach, white sand and a pina colada. Do you know what, my, my ideal holiday, and it's, things have changed a little bit now, obviously, but I used to like sitting by the pool, having beer brought to you, smoking fags. Mm. I don't smoke anymore, but I used to love being on holiday and smoking their local tabs. That was always kind of nice. Mm. And then reading the like the newspapers from back home, which like, the people I used to go out with at the time used to be like, why, why are you reading a British newspaper? You're supposed to be on holiday and turning off. But I, there's something about reading a British newspaper when you're abroad that makes you just really feel like you're on holiday. Do you know what I mean? I know. I know exactly what you mean. So classy. I think, that's, I think that's kind of dreamy, that setup that you've just described there. <laughs> Living the dream. In the A to Z of the 1990s, O is for okay. sunglasses. All right, I've got another one for you in the A to Z of the 1990s, beginning with O, suggested by a, uh, one of our listeners called Colin. He says, what about the Olympic breakfast? Have you any concept of the uh, Little Chef Olympic breakfast, Louise? I know Little Chef. Was it Little Chef who came up with the Olympic breakfast? I believe it was. I do believe they invented it. So a basis, basically, it's just this really stellar uh, English breakfast, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the other kind of Olympic connection or connotation is with the Olympic breakfast, but um, if you th- mainly if you said Olympics for me, it would it would be fifty percent proper Olympics, you know, like LA that kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. and then it would be fifty percent uh, Olympic breakfast from Little Chef. I presume they're calling it Olympic because you know. Olympics are athletes and at the top of their game and this is the kind of breakfast that would set them up for training that, for the day. That'd be a hell of a claim. I know you could get away with different stuff back in the 90s, but that really would be, bearing in mind, it was like sausages <laughs> and beans, <laughs> like uh, hash browns and stuff like that. The weird, the weird thing for me with, with Olympic breakfasts, it will stay forever in my mind and I've n- not had one since actually, but I went up to go and have my tonsils taken out in my 20s. So I went back to, I was at university in Swansea and we were about, I was about to go abroad to America for a year abroad for studying. And I thought, I keep getting... I was one of those kids that used to get glandular fever all the time. Do you know one of those kids? Who were you kissing well, back in the day? That's the kissing disease. It's a kissing disease, isn't it? But, you know, I'm one of those kids, I think, back in that era where um, 
I would have died in, in a Bronte novel, first 15 yeah. minutes, you know, tartan rug on me knee, that kind of... One of those people in a novel that would die because of a draft or cold. Like the... I think someone in, in Wuthering Heights dies because they leave a window open, which still irks me to this day. But I thought... Remember I had a draft? Remember I had a draft there a few weeks ago in my back and you basically took the piss out of me for the entire time? Yeah, yeah, but draft... I mean, drafts, it's not a thing. That's not... That they don't cause injuries. It's completely... I'm it's sorry, not. I'm totally interrupting you here. I also need to tell the listener something. Go on. About f- five years ago, I got the sickest I've ever been in my whole life, okay? And I had something which... When I told Bush, he just basically ripped the piss out of me. Instead of being like, are you okay? Jesus, that sounds awful. He was just like, what? What do you mean you have it? I had whooping cough. I, I don't think grown-ups get whooping cough in 2022. Do you know what I mean? It's- Bush... I, I had, had it. it. I was sick for three months. It was the worst sickness I've ever had. If this was a movie and we were like, it was the apocalypse and we we're just trying to move from village to village and survive, I probably would have put a bullet in you a couple of I weeks ago because you you're slowing the group down and taking up all the medicine. <laughs> just how, it's just how it rolls. You know what I mean? It's the end of the world. Sorry. So you had glandular fever back in the day. So you decided to get your tonsils out. So I went back to Swansea Hospital to get my tonsils out. I was working as a waiter that summer. And I said to them, bearing in mind that the operation was scheduled for Monday, I said I'd be back at work on Wednesday. That's how easy I thought this was going to be. Uh, And my dad drove me up there to go for the operation. As a kind of a last meal of a free man, I had an Olympic breakfast at the the little chef on the way up. On the M4. Good man yourself. And then I went in that night, had the operation, and I was ill for like two weeks. It was the worst. I was trapped in hospital for ages. Yeah. But the Olympic breakfast will, will live on in my memory. It's like a, a final moment of, of calm and clarity before uh, being delirious because I got an infection. In It hurts so badly. Having your tonsils so out basically like, so much. That was like basically, that was like your death row. Your death row it was. And if I ever end up on death row for whatever reason or stuff that I've done finally comes out, I probably will go for Olympic breakfast again. Do you want to describe the Olympic breakfast for me, please? Hash browns, double sausages, baked beans, arranged, I think, in some form. Oh, maybe there's... If you, if you listen to this now and you know why it's called the Olympic breakfast, I'm wondering now whether they arranged the hash browns into the four rings of the Olympics, the symbols. If that's the case, then now we know why it's so special. Get in touch. Uh, what's the Instagram, Louise? A to Z of the 90s podcast on Instagram. Get involved. I'll give you another one, right? I'll give you another one, Louise, because loads of people have suggested this and I don't know who they are. And I'm thinking that maybe someone with your interest in popular culture might know who they are. I've had about six or seven tweets to, that we need to talk about the Olsen twins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who, who the so hell the are the Olsen twins? twins? Do you honestly not know who they are? I've heard of them, but I thought they were two like midfielders that might play like international football for Denmark or something. Do you know what I mean? Well, that would be the loud drugs. Exactly them. Okay. <laughs> so the Olsen twins were in a very, um, again, you know, I get corrected loads on this on this podcast. Uh, they were in lots of TV programs. They were young and they were absolutely brilliant child actors. Okay. Right. And as far as I know, the program was called Full House and they were in that and they were fantastic. And they went on to do a few other things like uh, TV programs and films. And then they decided to, if my memory serves me correct, they decided to like buy a production company okay. set up a production company and then they started to run behind the scenes with things and Ooh. they are now two of the wealthiest you know women probably in America because they own all these companies they've released things via the company and um they don't they don't act anymore and they dress fantastically if you're into that sort of thing they're very like au couture right. um and they take themselves extremely seriously and they both 
never smile they just look at the cameras and like literally just sort of like look look kind of scorningly and they both go out with like way older men one of them was going out with um, like a 62 year old and she's like 28 or something like that I love it I love it you get an old fella proper old fella a prop like property old what was the 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 previous French president not Swarovski or whatever because that's a diamond what was his name again (laughs) Mitterrand, Francois Mitterrand. No. Uh, no, after him. Oh, yeah, the little fella. The little... Yes. What was his name? Little, yes, little tiny yes, yes, fella. So one of them was going out with his older brother. Right, okay. One of the Olsen twins. So they, it's a, they're, they're, like, they're, they're just basically like a mystery. They go around, they, they chain smoke fags, they like bone way older men. And apparently <laughs> one of them was dating Heath Ledger when he passed away. So that even that, the mystique around that is huge. Wow. And I've just been with him. That's amazing. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I like people who kind of think, right, I'm going to get into the, I'm not going to pay, you know, get paid by someone else and be at their mercy in the production. They want to go and own the company. So it's oh, they Alan don't even Sugar. act anymore, Bush. That's they amazing. don't even act. They just yeah, I know it's brilliant. It's like uh, it's like uh, uh, Gary Lineker deciding that he wanted to be the host of Match of the Day and sitting Instead in on the program Bush. loads of times in the tail end of his career because he knew what he wanted to do and he's still there now. Very smart. One of the highest paid people in the country. Unbelievable. What about that? Uh, in the eighties and the nineteen nineties. Thanks for suggesting it. Now I know. Oh, is for the Olsen twins and their old boyfriends. <laughs> o is also for in the A's Dead of the 90s Bush uh, a programme that was on all the time in my house my dad loved it and that is Only Fools and Horses God bless and Only Fools and Horses I know now to me I have to say um, it's Marmite I think it's a real love it or love it or loathe it kind of thing right. I totally understood why it's funny like I get it but it just was never my taste even now I'm like like it is funny and all, but I think you have to have a certain brain to appreciate it. And I don't have that. My dad certainly did. These Christmas specials that they did, Bush, were iconic and people still watch them to this day. So absolutely only fools and horses. In all the comedy I've watched in my life, some of the, some of the best comedy scenes, I think, or the writing is from Only Fools and Horses. It is really? amazing. Really? Okay. But I put, so I, you get it. I did put a statement on Twitter about two or three weeks ago about Only Fools and Horses that did cause a bit of a stir and I got quite a lot of people telling me to wind their neck in and do one. What the hell are you talking about? Go on. I am a big believer that Only Fools and Horses only got good when Grandad died and Buster Merrifield, a.k.a. Uncle Albert, took over. I think pre-Uncle Albert, it wasn't funny. A little bit like Black... If you watch the first series of Blackadder, it was shite. And then basically, because he was like a fool in the first series, and then Ben Elton came in and started writing it and then it changed his character and it was different. And I think pre... Pre-Uncle Albert, Only Fools and Horses wasn't very funny, and it was literally just the, sh- uh, the chandelier scene. After Uncle Albert came in, it was a different different beast and much better for it. I'm just going to let you say that, and I'm not even going to respond to that. Controversy. Courting more controversy here on the 80s of the 90s. If you want to get in touch about that and you want to arrange a fight, I'll, I'll meet you at any pub car park at Bush on the radio. I'll do- Queensbury or Foxbury, however you want to duke it out. I got another one for you, Bush, and that, it's just a quick one, and that is how we were all so scared of the ozone layer back in the 90s. Holes in the ozone layer. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. Don't go out in the uh, sunshine because the yeah. ozone layer is damaged and the really damaging rays will get through to you. And someone asked on social media, whatever happened to that? And I did see a scientist tweet last year that basically they cured it. They just cured the ozone they layer. They cured the ozone layer. Are you, are you for real on that? Yeah, I 
swear I saw a scientist who was saying like you know someone was like climate change doesn't even exist because look we used to hear about the ozone layer and we don't hear about it anymore and a scientist chipped in being like we don't hear about it because we solved it it's fine now and I was like ooh I never knew that I just never well, I didn't yeah, know. couldn't go outside for ozone layer uh, drama back in the day well, do you know, I don't know if it is it was a thing right because I remember we did this thing in America where we drove a car over to California to deliver it for someone long story um, and then we had a, two days in Huntington Beach in, in California, like being on the beach and all that kind of stuff. And the first day we went down the beach and I didn't really put too much sun lotion on because I thought it's fine. It was kind of overcast. And obviously mm. this bit of California, you could see the green in the sky from the smog, mm-hmm. from the, the, the fumes. It was really close to like downtown LA and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I got the worst sunburn I've ever had in my entire life to the point where they all went out in the evening and I, I thought I'm t- I just need to sit down somewhere. So I went to watch Jurassic Park 2 on my own embalmed in aloe vera and nearly had an out-of-body experience. I nearly had to crawl out of there on all fours because it was like, I had sunstroke, I think, proper sunstroke. You, abs- you absolutely had sunstroke. Yeah, so you absolutely had sunstroke. I was hot, didn't know where I was, all this kind of stuff. So, But that was like not very much time in the sun because I was at a place that by legend, I don't know whether it's truth or not, didn't have a very good ozone layer or quite a big hole in it. And that was Los Angeles. So maybe they filled it in. with that. You know that foam, expanding foam you can get to Yeah, I was holes. thinking a pot. I was thinking a Polyfiller. That's what so I was thinking. Polyfiller, like an environmental yeah. polyfiller. So, well, there you go. That's good to know that the ozone layer has been fixed and hear it here first on the A to Z of the 1990s. <laughs> uh, a lot of people suggesting R price as well, Louise. Uh, did you have an R price in, in, in Dublin and Ireland when you were a kid oh or not? Oh, my God. I think we did. Like, tell me, is it basically like an Argos? No, no, it was it was a, an old fashioned big old record store where you could go in and, and you could, they had listening booths. So you could listen to a record before you bought it. Oh no, we did not have that. We had HMV back in the day, but where you could listen to records and stuff. But no, we did not have an R price. Sounds amazing. It was good. It was old school. I mean, my our routine at the weekend would be get Melody Maker or, or Enemy, read the the reviews of albums, and then go down at R price because it was uh, in the right next to the NCP car park in Torquay. So the end of the shopping trip on a Saturday with my parents. And I've said this before. Like we used to go to the shops every single Saturday when I was a kid. I know. There was no like going for a nature walk. We used to go to the shops, mm. go around town, have a tea cake and a cup of tea upstairs in Debenhams and then go to the, our price and get in the car and go home. And we'd always buy an album from there. So, I mean, they're long gone now. A lot of people were tweeting us to say that they had a job at our price and it was one of the best jobs they ever had. So yeah, RIP like- and God bless our price. What a cool place to be on a Saturday as well. 100%. So Bush, my first ever boyfriend used to have a particular oh. album by a particular band and we used to listen to it all the time and like make the hell out oh. to this album. You know, yeah. going back to what you were saying earlier on about having a nick about saliva, you just, yeah. you've, maybe you've given that to me now with this particular moment. Yeah, it's weird. I don't have it with kissing because everyone goes, well, how'd you kiss? I'm like, well, it's just different. As much as you pulled um, away from him, there was like a one, you know, when you get a thread of string. saliva from you to him yeah. with a little bubble in the middle. Just imagine that for a second. He was, ex- yeah, I no, it, it, it definitely didn't freak me out back in the day, but the band were Ocean Cutter Scene oh, and I think the album was marching already. Uh, either that or Mosley Shoals, I can't really remember, but I remember we would listen to those CDs, ma- uh, like make out for like maybe four hours and then uh, I would listen to it on the on the bus on the way home and then I would listen to that night they would see each other again the next day make out for three or four hours to that album Jesus honestly Christ. like now all I have to do is put on that album and I'm back in his bedroom back in the day I thought that was going to come out a lot worse that tail end sentence there Louise so yeah. appreciate that I can only imagine the noises you guys are making mm-hmm. was he a good kisser yeah, do people kiss differently now right because you you watch stuff like um, Love Island or whatever, people will put their tongue 
in each other's lips mouths. Other, yeah, I'd, I'd, before I'd they even that, like lock lips. Like yeah. is that a th- that wasn't a thing when I was growing up. It definitely wasn't a thing People when I was growing up. And even yeah. if it was a thing, uh, uh, now I would I would I would veto it. That's not good, is it? Um, it's not. I feel bad saying this. I don't want to be like the Grinch, but I, I hate ocean colour scene. Okay. Uh, I've interviewed the lead You're singer. Hate each other. Simon Fuller, the lead singer of Ocean Colour Scene, is a lovely man. I just don't. Yeah. I don't like the music. I don't like the the day we got the train because it makes my sphincter loosen. Like, oh, for why? F- it's just like, oh, the father. I don't like songs like that. Make you feel a bit like. Um, sorry to end on a bit of a downer. Quite a few people were suggesting Orangina, which I feel like we've covered before. But um, oh, Bush, glass- that was the drink I used to get on my holidays because I loved the little bottle that came in. Surely that was a loss leader, right? They ain't making money with that quality of glass bottle. The people who make Orangina surely like losing a quid a bottle on that stuff because it was like a so the same thing you get a, like a crystal perfume in. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like a potion. From medieval times, beautiful, wasn't it? And it was kind of rough. Do you remember it had that rough texture on beautiful. it? Beautiful. It was. It was. The, it was the official drink of uh, holidays. Do you know what I mean? Wasn't it? I need to also give a nod to the film Office Space. Absolutely love that film. Um, Don't know that one. Wh- oh, it's re- oh, check it out. It's it's actually it's one of those ones that still is good these days. Bush Office Space. I'm gonna watch it. Uh, it's got Je- it's got Jennifer Aniston in it, and I love her. Um, I also need to give a nod to saying, "Oh my God, Ala Janis in Friends." Oh yeah, fantastic. A legendary, a legendary lady. Well listen, we've run right out of time here. Thank you so much everyone who's got in touch with brilliant suggestions. Uh, we're back with P next week. Uh, this uh, podcast is produced by the brilliant Ross Ramsey Golding. And Louise, what is the Instagram again? A to Z of the 90s podcast. Hit us up with your suggestions. We love you all. Spread the word and we will see you next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.